All right. Well, welcome to the A3 Academy, the Academy podcast. First time we're ever in the studio together as a podcast. We want to, you know, a little bit different for those of you that have tuned in before and watched us live and been on the Zoom calls. It's been great. And we figured, you know, the quality and everything else would be better if we could get on the podcast, make it official. That way it's not stuck at a certain time with a certain live show and all that. We figured put it on podcast. People can listen on as you know, most comfortably way they can. And so we're going to go on and go forth. We are missing one guy today. Justin Kelly wasn't able to be here, but we still got Logan Kilgore, R. Charles, Manav Shaw, AJ, Anthony Orange, and me, Ryan Beckwith. We're all here today. We want to start off with a bit of good news for both Justin and Art. Positive vibes on Art shirt right now. And we're going to go ahead and touch on that, that they got word that their season will start August 7th span through November. So a little bit shortened, but still, nonetheless, they get to go down and play this year. They'll be reporting in July. So we got about six weeks to get them ready. And uh, it's great news. It's really, really good news that we want to start off with. And Art, go ahead and uh, throw it out there for both you and Justin. All right. Yeah. Like it's like you said, it's really good news. Um, I'm, I'm pumped up about it because obviously we get to go back out there on the field and play. Um, the only thing is that obviously, you know, we got to make sure we're safe. You know, our right. safety is the, the primary goal here is to stay Stay safe, but also have fun and play. So, if, you know, if we can work something out, obviously they said October or uh, August seventh is when we will get started. So I'm 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 juiced about it. I'm pumped about it, um, and I just obviously to be out there on the baseball field and get it going again is nice too. So I'm just happy, also and proud and proud of all of us that we've been working this whole time just in preparations in case getting creative like we spoke about in the other on the other um, talks, using some of those things like lonely work that Logan talked about, you know, and just some of the other mental things that that. Manon and, and, and Anthony talked about as well. It's just incorporating everything that we've spoken about on our other talks. So it's um it's it's a cool thing. It's good news and like you said, positive vibes. Right. And and that's the thing, you know, I mean, it's you just never know, you know, like we would say in sports, you never know when your number is going to get called. And, you know, when we're going through a pandemic like this and and you gotta keep the work going, whether we're talking about mental and physical and everything else. And we have some other news that we want to talk about and actually talk through for one of us today that's another really big opportunity. And it really, again, it comes down to you have to know what and when and how and why. And that's what all the preparation comes from, right? No matter what we do, was physical or mental, spiritual, whatever, it's really about prepping yourself at all times because you just never know when the opportunity is going to present itself. Yeah, Art, like logistically, have they talked about whether or not fans will be involved, any different changes. Obviously, this is south of the border, but there's probably people wondering about our own sports here in the U.S. Um, how are they able to like communicate that to you guys? Have you have you heard anything about fans or anything, any changes in your schedule or anything like that? Yeah, so they they basically told us the same thing is that we'll be um, having no fans at the game, but we'll be obviously playing and and doing our stuff like that still. But the challenge in which I know is going to be a challenge is obviously the fans are going to know we're playing, right? So they can be watching maybe, I don't know if they're going to do it Facebook Live, if they're going to have a certain thing on on with a – company there like like a news station or sporting event station there but i think the issue would also be just after the games you know because they know we're playing and they're still going to want to come up to us get autographs you know and have that engagement which is great you know but in, in this circumstance obviously it'd have to change so as far as that it goes i don't i don't know how we're going to deal with that part of it because i don't know if they're going to have it blocked off because our parking lot is pretty much open when we come out of the clubhouse we're pretty much right there that we get bombarded by fans normally. So 
that'll definitely be something interesting to see how they how they take care of that. I wonder about your approach pregame because I know Anthony and and even Manav hitting a golf shot. I mean, we've all prepared, and when you're in practice, yeah, you can get it in your mind to try and be in a game like atmosphere. But it's different when you got thousands and thousands of people. You know, when you're hitting a golf shot in front of thousands of people, or if you're playing, you know, DB or quarterback. I mean, how how a have you thought about like? I mean, approaching the game. I mean, you're you're a big ball guy, right? You're hitting home runs and stuff like that. You feed off the crowd. I think it's going to be weird. It's going to feel like an inner squad, but you still got it. You at the end of the day, if you hit 400 this year, it's the same as hitting 400 last year. It's just going to feel different. 100% because, I mean, when you first get drafted, and I'm sure, you know, it's different, obviously, from the NFL to the CFL as well. Right. When you first get drafted, there's no fans. For sure. You have all front office guys there with maybe the exception of a couple families or a couple parents that are there to watch their sons play their first year of pro ball, you know. So going from the difference of obviously having a packed stadium to then then going back to having no one there, it's exactly like you said. It's a uh, – <clears throat> uh, inner squad so to yeah. speak you know it's like it's gonna be tough to get pumped up <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different you know yeah. you don't you don't feed off the crowd you don't feed off the energy you know you gotta make sure that you come with it you know and this kind of just getting yourself to prepare even that much more you know because now it's instead of going out there looking about the stands getting those little goosebumps or those butterflies or whatever it is that you feel now it's like okay i gotta manufacture this on my own right. you know i gotta maybe watch some highlights or i gotta listen to the right music yeah. or i might listen to or people might listen to some like you know, music to kind of keep them calm or whatever before they go out there to the fans and it's right. super loud. Like now I'm listening to Meek Mill. Yeah, I'm getting get juiced up. like I'm a football <laughs> right. player now. You know right. what I mean? So <laughs> I mean, we go through that too. I mean, just stadium to stadium, right, yeah. Anthony? I mean, yeah. it's like... Yeah. Yeah. Right, and then you go on the road. Right. If we're in Sask or something, I mean, all of a sudden it's it's pretty easy to get going. And like, yeah, well, it's like we talk about. Right. I mean, it's it's really hard to emulate game speed and practice mm -hmm. and mainly because of the atmosphere. Right. That the adrenaline and everything yeah. else is going. And now you're having to go from practice. Now you're putting on the game uniform instead of the practice uniform. But the the atmosphere is not going to be there. And I think one thing that a lot of people may not understand is the intricacies of the CFL, how many teams there are, mm -hmm. how the stadium works, how ticket sales work, how revenue works in the CFL, because it is a little bit different than what we're used to when we talk about Major League Baseball, even down in New Mexico, Japan, Korea, all those different leagues. Uh, CFL is run a little bit different just because of all of the intricacies that go on with the international players and everything else. Yeah. So if you guys can help people understand, you know, th the major difference that you guys are going to face here in yeah. the next couple months. Yeah. The I'd say the first one. I'll just start, and uh, I'm sure you got a lot of good info, um, Anthony. But to start with, the league in Canada. Um, first off, it's a it's a historic league. Okay, we're on Grey Cup. What is it? 108. 107 something like that it's incredible um you know yeah and i mean so you think about a league that's been over 100 years old um you know we're on what super bowl 52 or 53 right. 54 yeah, so doing yeah, it's almost right. twice wow. twice as old right so <laughs> wow, you think yeah, about it in that perspective think about yeah. yeah so when you think about that there's a lot of pride in that league now right. a long time ago people realized that canadian born talent was going to get that league to a certain area if they incorporate us from south of their border um we could take that league to 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 bigger heights right Same thing so major league baseball for sure yeah so yep. the idea is to still somehow 
um, hold the Canadian roots, the Canadian born players positions on the roster. So we have what's called national and international players. So both Anthony and I are international players. Now on everybody's roster, you have to have a certain number of national players and on your starting roster, you have to have a certain number of nationals. Oh, I wasn't aware of that yeah, one. so yeah, there's you a certain start at least at least, least two Canadians have yeah. to be on the field at all times, right? Two, no matter what, but seven overall. So usually wow. teams will do at least three offensive linemen, um, typically a Canadian receiver. Canadian um, we'll have, a, and then a Canadian DB to the field side, and usually a Canadian safety. Like hmm. it's different for every team, and and that's one cool thing about the league when you start looking at financially. If you're a Canadian-born player and you're a solid player, you could play for 10, 12 years and make a heck of a lot more money than we could mm -hmm. because you're more valuable because there's less of you, right? Supply and demand. So for Anthony to have played for as long as he has is pretty incredible because they're always looking for – I mean, it's easy to find American DBs to go up there. Right. It's easy to find American DBs to come up and, you know, somebody maybe younger than he is and, and be able to take his spot for cheaper, right? Because right. – Canadians don't have to worry about that. Well, if you're a good Canadian, you're going to be up there. And, you know, yeah, there's. You see, you see Canadians all the time get released, get picked up just because they want to fill that roster spot, right? Fill that national spot. They always need national guys, no matter what. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, there's only nine teams, right? So we're, um, the, the league has expanded and contracted even in our own lifetimes before I even heard of Canadian Football League. Um, there was one time there's U.S. teams on the, in the Canadian. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had one in Sacramento, and I think. Sacramento, and yeah. yeah. Um, and then that, you know, they, they've tried different things, right? And so um, to put this in perspective, this year they just asked the Canadian government for $150 million to try and keep the league together. So you're talking about 100 and something years, whether you think COVID's a big deal or not, wherever you align – it's a big deal business-wise because they do not have the infrastructure and the um, the revenue to like an MLB or an NFL to to sustain just not producing a product for an entire year. Right. So there's a lot up in the air, and like you know, it's great news for for Art and for Justin, and and hopefully we'll have some good news. We, you know, I would tell you all the things that that we're getting on our emails, but it changes every 24 hours. It seems like so we're hoping for the positive vibes, but really not sure. Well, you know, and that's, that's, you know, going through all these intricacies that we're talking about, the one thing that hits is what most people are used to seeing is, you know, you think about the NFL that has 32 teams mm -hmm. then you think, you know, going to college, you guys are dealing with a, an entire league that has less teams than most major football conferences have oh, yeah. in college. You oh, know? Yeah. And so, and less players on every team, and right? That's, and that's where I'm going yeah. with this is, you know, when you start thinking about, you only have nine opportunities professionally as a team right with less opportunities because of the international national ratios that have to play into it right the fact that you guys have both been doing this for so long and sustained a job up there as an international is absolutely incredible commend you guys on that because the hard work really shows when you're when you're dealing with something like that because that's just that's a whole other ball game that people aren't used to and you know i thought i was for the most part, pretty informed on what you guys go through up there, but I wasn't aware of, I wasn't even aware of, it has to be two starters minimum seven overall. Like I just, I didn't even know that. I mean, that's Oh yeah, crazy. two on the field at all times. So then you yeah, think about the this, all times, yeah. you think about just midweek, okay? Think about a yeah. roster and 
you've got in the NFL, you got 53, right? In CFL, it's 46. Mm. Plus, we don't dress two guys. So, so you got we 44 got people with helmets on. on the field, too. So. Yeah. And we got 12 guys on the field. <laughs> plus, we got three guys that are quarterback designated that cannot enter the game at any other position. So, oh what gosh. happens is on a Thursday, if we're playing Saturday and a Canadian defensive back gets hurt in, a game, in practice, then, you can't just grab an American off your practice roster and throw them up. If you don't have another Canadian ready to go, you're flying somebody in, and these guys are communicating on the field trying to figure it out. I mean, it, that's, that's those are situations. If I went through all the situations that I've seen in that league, it's incredible. But yeah. just think about the numbers real quick. We did a little bit of numbers last time when we were talking about high school to NCAA. Yeah. Just think about these numbers. Just strictly going from NFL year to year, you've got 32 teams. Every team goes in with about a hundred man roster. I might be off by yeah. it might be 96 something like that after yeah. OTAs. Oh, we use 100 as easy number. Them. Okay, yeah. So they're going to cut that down to 53 active and 10 on their practice squad to start, mm. right? So 63. So let's just call it 35 guys from 32 teams. Right. Now every single one of those guys that's in an NFL campus says, "Well, if I don't make an NFL team, I'll just go play in Canada." Right. Well, you got nine teams right. and you got guys like him that's a 9-year vet. I mean, right. how are you where is the math? It's it doesn't right. work like that. So right. that's why you got guys that are maybe more talented that are saying, "Okay, yeah, this guy might be a $100,000 DB in that league." This guy might be just as good and he's going to come here for 70 or you yeah. know, 200 versus 150, whatever the numbers are, but it's just like it's very difficult. So um, it's interesting that a hundred and something year league might just not exist. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's wild. I, mean, I don't, yeah. that I don't is think wild. it'll. I don't think it'll. Well, the, the government has to do something because it's been out going on for too long. CFO has been around for way too long, and they're. I don't think they're ready to give up. Yeah, yeah well, they, they gave Circus Olay uh, two hundred million dollars <laughs> at the drop of a hat, and that's an American-owned company. So Circus, yeah. I, we'll just leave that one there. <laughs> you know, that's why you, you know, know from a financial standpoint, we've talked about this while working out, and I feel the same way about you know down in the Mexican leagues. Uh, Japanese and Korean too that you know I think you know when you look at the NFL Major League Baseball the NBA major college football and basketball the biggest sustainable financial backing that they have are the TV contracts right and what I would like to see and not that anyone in the CFL that has any powers listening to this podcast right, right. now and right. is going to use this information to help run their business but at the same time we look at this and we go man with the amount of American players that are up there, mm -hmm. the amount of American players that are down in your league and throughout the world in the different professional leagues for baseball, basketball, same thing, that with with the the appetite that the American people have for athletics, you know, and we're seeing it right now with the Korean baseball right now that they're, you know, ESPN's highlighting it and so on and so forth. I mean, there's got to be a way to tap into the American television market with athletics because we have so many players from our country going to these other leagues and really having successful careers. Three of you in this room, four of you, if Justin was here, just in this room alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're talking about I need 150 million to sustain this league. I mean, if you think about even a two year, three year, four year contract with ESPN or Fox or any of these sports stations that are out there now and there's a ton and now with youtube tv and all these different opportunities i really think there's some financial backing that they could use because people are going to tune in right they're going to because our people are out there playing in those leagues and i think it's a huge way for them to financially help sustain what they're doing yeah and we did sign so tsn is the espn right. affiliate up there and so tsn has the rights and 
um, ESPN three has been broadcasting, and, and you probably saw years, it last right? year. Yeah, last couple mm-hmm. of years we had um, you know multiple games that are on ESPN two, right. ESPN that right. type of thing. But um, you know, unfortunately, at this point in my career, they're paying me to try and throw to guys on my team, not make those decisions. So, I mean, I would love to be involved in those conversations, but unfortunately they don't really care what I have to say. Um, It does sound simple like that. I think that one of the big differentiators is um, that where most of our viewership and most of our money came from is playing at a different time than NFL and college football. So the May, June, July months is when we had most of our television, um, especially in the U.S., rights. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are obviously the months we're losing. So if we're going to go up there in August, I think it's a – it's a multi-dimensional thing. If it was that easy, you know, they're looking at it like, yeah, you're still going to fulfill this part of your contract, but that's not, you know, just from a TV rights perspective. No, of course. You're, you're producing the stuff that we're throwing up on our on our mobile ESPN3 deal. Right. The stuff that we actually are trying to produce live live content in the U.S., you're saying you're not going to be doing it. So how do we pay, you know? And yeah, so no. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of deals with that, but um, hopefully it'll all end up, uh, end up good. Yeah. So as players, would you guys prefer to for them just to wipe out this whole year and play in may june next year or would you play in a time where you're competing against nfl ncaa and almost not get seen you know what i mean yeah i mean i feel like i mean i don't know what you think Anthony, but i would just say that i i would be ready to play whenever yeah i mean as as a player you know we're ready to play you want to play you don't want to miss out on playing you don't want to miss out on getting film whatever it is that you know your motivation is to go out there but from a revenue standpoint, I think that they're going to have to. Like, you you know, you got to get something out there. Otherwise, you miss the league. You miss the opportunity of coming back next year if there's nothing this year. It makes it that much harder to come back, especially if they don't get that money. Well, that's I mean, a hard thing, too, right, with social distancing that, you know, Arts was touching on earlier that, you know, there's got to be a way in in situations like you're in open air. There are potentially in some of those stadiums 40,000, 50,000 places to sit. And, you know, if you – cut that in a third, let's say, and you know, this would take much more staff and so on and so forth. Now you would think that there's gotta be a way to set that up. Now then you're dealing with the general public and people not wanting to sit together and all those kind of things, but you would think there's just there's gotta be a way responsibly and from a safety standpoint to to keep this stuff going. And I don't know, I mean there just has to be a way. There has to be a way to keep this going because ultimately, you know, you look back in in history and when when times are down, one of the things that has always brought people back up, I mean, look at the Roman Empire and and when they started bringing gladiators into the Colosseum, it was a way to boost people, you know, and and time and boost morale and everything else because, you know, for lack of a better term, it is almost a distraction from reality when you get to watch people go compete and when someone wins versus someone loses and you know the connection that you have to those and you know when someone has a team that they follow and that team wins i mean that's a huge boost that that makes your day and you know we all of us because you guys are the ones being there to play and and boost people around right but you know you would i think anybody who's listening to this anybody out there who maybe not even be listening to this would agree that you know if we could bring sports back in some way safely i mean it's it could do so much just for the morale of humankind. Right. Yeah, and something that they also sent to us, I forgot about until right now, so I had to pull it up, was like some regulations of what we can't do 
not just um, like fan perspective, but stuff that we can't do while we're on the field. Oh, wow. So okay. they're saying that we can't have any physical contact. Um, like, you know, how people like chew tobacco and stuff. They're regulating that. Like they don't want people spitting wow. or doing any of that anymore. So, I mean, that's going to be a tough one to, cause you know, obviously a lot of guys like to do it mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever reasons, mm-hmm. but that's something that they're cutting down Even on. Sunflower seeds. Yeah. Sunflower yeah. seeds. Yeah. They don't, they don't want you to be spitting anything at all. Like, wow. Yeah. So I mean, like, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. When you, when you go up before the game, the uh, managers, they go up to the, the plate and they they discuss they exchange lineup cards all these things yeah, like do that anymore, huh? now they're not doing that they're not going to be doing those things so huh. like just little little parts of the game which are you know they've been staples in the game forever you right know, you, you see it all the time throughout the game not like obviously chewing tobacco but just like players messing with each other when they get on base like you know mm-hmm. when i get on whenever i'm on base right. and i see my buddy there or something i'm i might like he we have to have our jerseys and stuff tucked in i might pull his, his jersey out mess with them you know right he might like give me a little jab or whatever like but just talking and just having that fun on, on the game too but just things from the game are starting to change due to this whole situation and now it's like it's also not just affecting the fun that you can have on the game but also just the norm the the normalities and the formalities of the game too so when you think about that, because, you know, thinking about stealing a base, right, and having to tag or in any circumstance where you have to tag, I mean, is that going to be affected? And then you got to think, you know, there's three or four scenarios, <clears throat> excuse me, that I can think of right now for baseball, but football, basketball, mm-hmm. how is this even possible? Yeah, football, to contact, not, sport. I mean, contact, <laughs> I mean, every single play. You tell me you're not going to dogpile if you guys win it all? <laughs> Come on. Right. I mean, like, facts. All right. Air right. five. Like, yeah. what? Right. Come on. Heck of a job. Yeah, exactly. A little air, air fist bump. But exactly. also, like you said, football with tackling. Oh, my gosh. Everything. You know, and, and I know when I played football, like, you tackle somebody, you hit them good, you're going to be in their face talking right. a little bit of I mean, mess to I, them. You can know? I not hand the ball off now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? can't be... lick your fingers before you throw a ball. No yeah. press you know? coverage anymore. Like, what? Yeah. You know, what, what do you do? You play flat football? Yeah. yeah. I mean, essentially, that's what it turns into. No, it's right? laser tag. Right. Yeah. Flat, yeah. flat football's too much. Yeah. You're too close. I've linked at you. You're down. Yeah. Exactly. I think your sport might be the only one that's safe, Mano. Yeah. Well, you can't even high five your caddy now. So no, that's true. Be... Yeah. No caddies anymore. Yeah. Because you can't, he can't. Six feet away, he's gonna, that's going to be tough to read a putt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or hand you a club. From over here, it looks a little like, come on. <laughs> a little downhill to the right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, this whole scenario is just, there's got to be a way around it. I mean, hopefully that, you know, hopefully there'll be some good news, more good news coming out, but you know, there's, there's got to be something that, that, uh, as a, as a human race, we can figure out because there's just so many scenarios from an everyday life that, you know, if we really got to keep the social distancing going on, it's going to be really difficult to continue this pattern of being able to go back and do regular things, you know? And so what's it meaning for A3? It's a great question. Um, we've been looking at this over and over. You know, it, it's it's almost become one of those things where my wife and I, Callie and I, sit down and and we're watching mainly her because uh, I'm over at A3. You guys have seen it, like moving everything around and doing all those kind of things. But we've been watching the governor's press conferences and then the local health official press conferences. We just had one this last Tuesday. Actually, I'll back up and rewind. Last week, they said that it looked like it could be June 1st for gyms and everything like that. Well, then when the governor came out on Tuesday, did not mention gyms, but restaurants and salons and uh, barbershops and all that can open. So we called the, well, Callie called the health department and they told her, 
uh, they had no information. They had just heard what the governor said. Kern County has been very specific about saying that they're going to follow exactly as what the California state of California is doing. And so they recommended that we call the governor's office, which we did. And I think she was on hold for 40 minutes waiting on that. And they finally told her that, well, the governor hasn't specifically mentioned gyms. Therefore it's, you guys aren't in protocol yet to open. And so for us, you know, we've been doing everything we can. I mean, you know, like I said, we've rearranged the entire place so that it's easier to coach and have social distancing put together a Cali's put together a four to five page document on specific protocols that we're going to do. Been talking to our coaches about setting up some training so that when it is time, when we know we're a week out, then we'll spend that week going over it with coaches of specifically how to warm up, how to set the equipment up, how to go through the coaching protocols, all of those things to keep everything safe. Um, for example, in Georgia, in the state of Georgia, they were requiring people as they walked into the lobby, you have to wear a mask. And then once you get into your main area, you don't have to anymore. But now it's, you know, like you go into a barbershop, salon, restaurant, you're required to wear a mask. So then it's okay. I mean, if anybody's ever worked out with one of those oxygen deprivation masks, which is essentially what it is, it's really difficult to do, Yeah, you know? So, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things that I hope the state doesn't go that route where they make people do that, but it's the, it's, it comes down to, you know, we are in a service business, right? So even if 95% of people are okay coming into a three and working out and not caring if we as coaches have masks on, there's a 5% chance or five there, you know, there's 5% of people that might really care and it might really freak them out. Right. And so, you know, that's the question is, do we as coaches wear, have masks, you know, my thought was if it's mandated, then maybe we have masks, but if I have to come up and cue you and come really close, then I put my mask on right? and then I cue you. But if I, if I'm standing, you know, far away from you and I'm having to vocalize and, and explain a move or part of the workout, I mean, it's going to be really hard for you to hear me if you're 70 feet away from me and I've got a mask on. Right. I feel and, like that's the reason why it's also going to be like the the virtual is still going to be like I think it a has big to be thing. Too. I yeah, think it's going to be a big thing. And that's why I feel like, and I think Logan touched on this before, how imp the importance of you continuously pushing that too, because, yeah. and having those workouts available, because it's not just going to be something that obviously can be here in Kern County or here in Bakersfield or whatever, but it can be everywhere, you right. know, because people are going to have that fear. There's going to be fear. Yeah. Okay. No well, I want to go work out. Well, not everybody's going to be like, okay, yeah, the gyms are open. Let's go get a pump in. Correct. You know, they're still going to have some kind of fear, some kind of skepticism about what's going on or, you know, this virus. Oh, there's still cases popping up. Like, you know, so I feel like the, um, the idea that you have is obviously great, but I think the, that's where people are still going to be using that, um, yeah. that virtual workouts, you know, those, that communication, that training via online rather than coming in too. So right. I think that's going to be huge still as well. Yeah. The online platform. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's and that's the thing about it too, is, you know, the, the normal day to day of a gym is going to change too. Right. Because mm -hmm. it, it can't be 20 people in the same group and you just, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but based on what the rest of the world has done up to this point from the different countries to now some of our states opening up, you know, they were requiring eight to 10 people max per group. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, the whole scenario of A3 changes because now it's becoming small group private training is what it's becoming. Right. And it's not just a come whenever you want kind of thing. 
And that's going to change. I mean, the, you know, everything about that part of it is going to have to change. And there's going to be some people that just say, well, I, I can't make that happen because my flex, my schedule's too crazy. It's too erratic. And so if I have to be there every Tuesday and Thursday or every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at that time, I can't commit to that. And that's where, like you're saying, it's, well, we do have the online program right. or there's the other person says, I, I'm just not comfortable going out yet. Yeah. That's fine. We yeah. still have the online program. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like people are, you know, even if you were trying to launch, because I know we had talked about an online training program before, but what a perfect time to have your ducks in a row and get that done. Because I know it's a lot of hard work, but at the end of the day, it took something like this for people to understand that they don't have to drive to a gym necessarily to get a good workout. People are getting creative at home, just like we were with our like sports specific training. People are just doing their normal cardio and finding out ways of, you know, I'm sure that equipment sales and stuff like that are probably through the roof for home home gyms and and everything else it's hard to even find equipment and i'll tell you (laughs) i'll tell you one thing um you know even as an athlete uh it's different when you have a program it's different when you have somebody that's trained in that area Mm -hmm. to you know give you the ideas of exercises movements to do and so you know even if i just said because i have done that before i've taken a whole off season and just I'm going to train myself. It's just not the same because, you know, just I would much rather be surrounded by these guys to look over and just the natural competitiveness like, okay, cool. He's got two reds and two blues on the bar. I'm going to try and throw on a gray. Let's see if I can, you know, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So the truth comes out. That's why why you've been lifting the house lately. It's hard to to not be competitive in that environment because you're looking at other people. You know, it's not necessarily nothing against, you know, regular businessmen or soccer moms or whatever but i mean it's cool to be surrounded by your peers and be able to be like okay cool i'm never gonna beat this guy in a race i'm never gonna do this but maybe you know you're just competing i mean in golf you really compete against yourself but at the end of the day you're scoreboard watching and you're you know if somebody's got it going in your group that you're playing every day like you want to get it going right i mean it's seems like it's pretty uh that's pretty human nature especially as an athlete but I, i do think that it's it's nice that a3 is set up that way and hopefully people will be able to take advantage of it especially during this time yeah i hope so thank you and one thing that callie and i were talking about this morning actually was one you know because it's it's hard not to be upset that that a business like a restaurant or a a barbershop or a salon can open or a church can have a hundred people in it and I've got a 13,000 square foot facility and I can't have 10 people in there. Are there no regulations like at the church as far as distance goes? Yeah, there yeah, is. And, you know, there's, you know, there's the mega churches too, where a hundred people, I mean, that's hard. Yeah. That's like them, you know, that's like A3 having one person in there. I mean, there's, there's places that have, they have 5,000 people that are part of their church. So to have a hundred people is probably really difficult, but the same time, the way I was, you know, where, where I had to calm myself down was I had to look at it from the perspective of this is what what we're talking about right now, that there when you start talking about restaurants, you start talking about churches, when you start talking about some of these other businesses where I had to calm down and check myself a little bit was when it comes to health and wellness and fitness and everything else, you can work out at home. Right now, does it affect my business as an entrepreneur, business owner? Yes, absolutely. Is is it going to shut down a lot of gyms and and affect the economy in that way? Yes, it's going to. But where I had to just take a step back was 
I had to try to understand it without getting upset, I guess. And it's just like anything else in sports, right? That you have to find ways to deal with the situation and not allow yourself to get outside of the zone because you're upset. Because when we're upset, we make bad decisions, we play bad, we do all that. And same thing now owning a business. That If I allow myself to be in the space where I'm pissed and I'm upset, then I'm not gonna make good decisions or I might do something detrimental to the overall brand of A3 and what we're trying to do. And so I had to look at it from the standpoint of, well, I do have an online platform. People can work out at home. So maybe that's why they're looking at it from the standpoint of not opening gyms yet. Or maybe it's not even the fact of opening it. Maybe they just haven't written the protocols yet for a gym because they looked at it from a standpoint of, well, people don't necessarily have to go to the gym. They can work out at home, which I don't agree with. I don't think any of us in this room agree with that. But I'm trying to see it from a perspective of why. And I'm just trying to come to grips with it so that I don't get into that negative space. You know, so we're in a studio now. And how many of these do we have to do before we can get Governor Newsom on this podcast? You think? Oh, man, that'd be awesome. How many downloads? Just so we can start asking some questions. I mean, we could could take this podcast wherever we want. I mean, we've got plenty of questions for the guy. Raw you up, Ryan, but you can can cook at home. You can cut your own hair at home. That's true. You got a good point. That is true. Yep. Do your own nails. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. You could Zoom the the worship for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. It's just, uh, no, I mean, it, it's definitely different times and it's not like there's a manual for this stuff. So, you right. know, I think that everybody, you got different people in the, in the public that, um, never make mistakes and they love to sit there, especially on Mondays and say why this quarterback sucks or why this politician sucks. But I don't really think there's ever a manual for, Hey, by the way, we're going to try and keep an entire country or entire world at home for a few weeks and then let's right. go. So, no, right. uh, I think Absolutely. everybody's adjusting, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I do think that, that there's going to be a long-term benefit of having that platform because, you know, it doesn't limit yourself to this location either. Right. No, I mean, it, it is. And it's just like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, it's, it comes down to opportunity and every, if you if you view every scenario positive or negative as an opportunity, good things are going to come out of it you know, regardless of what that is. And it it comes down to always being at the ready and, you know, taking the opportunity to build the online platform. And luckily we, we did it prior to, you know, we started building it because of my buddies. I was talking about Andre and DeMarcus, uh, live in the Bay area. And they were the ones that first put me onto it back in January. They're like, Hey, I've been doing this for a while. You should look at it. I'm like, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. And then boom, all this hits. It's like, man, I'm glad we had that conversation, you know? And, you know, then it's okay. Now, so we're closed. Okay. Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And now it's, you know, ideas start flowing. Okay. Well, it's a lot of hard work. I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. My hands hurt. My back hurts. Everything hurts from doing it, moving the gym all the way and, and making it ready to go. But again, it comes down to opportunity, right? I mean, you have to be ready when the opportunity presents itself, which is kind of the next segment I want to bump into and go to Manav on this that, uh, you know, we're all going to face at some point, we've talked about this before, that there's going to be transitions in our career. And Logan, you've been through it. I went through it. Um, Art's kind of going through it right now, but not fully. And it doesn't mean that one career ends. It just means there's an opportunity to really think about, right? And Manal's been offered a coaching job. We won't say where, but he's been offered a coaching job. And that's a hard place to be at because he's at a point in his career where he's doing really, really, really well. And you don't want to stop 
But at the same time, we got to look at it from a long-term perspective. And the first thing that went through my head when we start talking about the coaching opportunity, just because I've been through it, you've been through it, what it does to your mental game to, to step out of the player zone and become a coach, I think there's opportunity to grow there. But there are the, all the, the tiny little things that come with coaching that not necessarily wanting to deal with because it is going to take away from your training. But I would like to use part of the time here to for us as a group to kind of talk Manav through this thing and give our perspective on this. And I'm sure there's somebody out there right now listening to this that is going through some type of transition as well and trying to figure out what's the best way to go about it. And it may not be golf to coaching or coaching to golf or whatever, football to coaching, whatever that might be. But there's transitions and transitions are transitions, period, end of story. And so there might be something that we say that we talk about that that we bring up that might spark an idea to inspire somebody to make a really good decision. So um, Manav, I'll let you kind of give your piece and we're just going to kind of fire at you with what we think, good or bad. Uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty big curveball I got yesterday. Um, I can't say where, but it's a really, really good school. Um, and it kind of put me in a weird spot because it got me thinking like, okay, what if I what if I take it? And what if my worry is that I'm really good at it? And I, don't, I just want to stop playing and just coach forever because I'm, I'd be able to make impact on, you know, 10 kids a year and how they change the world. Um, but the downside is, I would have to sacrifice my own playing career because you can't do both. You can't, you, yeah. it's, it's tough to do both and you're just not going to give both, um, roads 100%. Um, so it's going to be a tough choice that I got to make here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, all, all advice is good. It's just, I think I'm at a point where tunnel vision is great, but as humans, I don't know if we're meant to just do one thing forever. Right. Um, like the Romans, the kids went to school and then they went to war and they came back, they worked and then they went to government. And so they did literally seven different things throughout their entire life. Like for me to just sit here and say, I'm just going to play golf till I'm 60. Like, yeah, sounds good. People, people do it, but is that really realistic? Maybe, maybe not. Um, humans aren't robots. So to just to do one thing over and over again, like, right. You know, it's kind of getting my mind to think more outside the box and coaching, like you said, can give you a different perspective and, you can learn things about your own game by teaching someone else. Cause in order, like, you know, this, in order to teach someone else, you have to know it really well. Right. Oh, so they're just going to call you out. So, no it, doubt. so it could just, you know, make my knowledge of my own game so much greater. I gotta say, I mean, I, I went through it too as a younger athlete and you know, I, I was making that transition to wanting to be a pro and then was offered a really good coaching job. And I went, man, I mean, how do I not take this and have this on my resume at some point? And at the time, I was okay with not competing. I had to make it okay, right? I had to I had to deal with the fact that I wasn't going to compete again at that moment to get myself in position to give everything I've got to that position. But it ended up turning out that that wasn't the case that I ended up competing still afterwards and still had a, you know, had a fun and and good career at it. You know, it's it's one of those things that that you have to come to peace with that at some point and I've had to make this now 3 times in my career that let's say I would have made the Olympics. Let's say I would have made the team and and I would have gone and, you know, who knows, you know, but you look at it from a standpoint of that's just one person. That's just me. That's one person. But in my life now, I have coached thousands of people and I've been able to help navigate, uh, inspire, mentor thousands now. And I'm okay with that now. 
looking at it from that standpoint that I sacrificed myself for the greater good in that standpoint. Now, I'm not saying you need to do that, but you've already kind of mentioned it. It's in your head already that that's a possibility, right? And I think in your sport, it's a very rare scenario that 30 is not the end game. 40 is not the end game. I, I think that you could coach for a couple of years and it's, you look at it from the standpoint of what you're going through now that you're not able to compete right now. But let's say you do go to a school and you do coach at some point, at some point, it's going to be okay for you to go take a tournament or two at the first year. Probably not. Second year where you got things juiced a little bit better, maybe you get an assistant, maybe you get an intern, or there's ways for you to go to a tournament in South Carolina and there happens to be a kid that lives in North Carolina that you need to go check out and you coordinate that. There are, I think there are ways down the line that it's not going to happen right away, but I think through your coaching career, if that itch is still there to compete, you'll be able to find ways to do it. Other people have done it. There are more difficult things in this world. I think there's ways around it, but it's just going to come down to what you want, really. And it's a really tough decision. Um, but in my experience, I mean, Logan's been through it, too, and he stopped playing, coached, and now he's playing again. I mean, and in football, that's like, yeah. oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, that's, I would, that's almost not even realistic. My two cents would be, and I think that we know each other well enough that we're able to disagree, Yeah. right? Right, but of course. My my two cents would be, A, the rebuttal to what you're saying, in my opinion, is that I think we're discrediting how difficult what he's trying to do is yeah, because no, right. it's not like you're leaving the PGA Tour with your tour card and going to coach. You're still taking the steps to try and get to the place you want to be where your dreams are. And I don't personally think from a guy working, I know how Hardmanov works seven right. days a week, always trying to improve his game. The thought that maybe doing it on the side, in addition to trying to be successful at a coach, it gets to a point where you're going to be mediocre at both. And I think that for what my advice would be, whatever you're doing, put your whole heart into it. Because if you're coaching, I've coached and I know what it feels like. It's it's a weird, and Ryan, you could detest this. It's a weird sensation when you see a kid that's doing something that you know is incorrect, you fix that, all of a sudden they have more success. And it's like, whoa, like I just impacted, like a yeah. small little thing. Or you call a play from the sideline and they score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Like that fired me up. Now what happened in my case was I was able to see things from that perspective. And as a quarterback, it's a very mental mental um, position to where I was actually able to, I think, increase my playing ability because right. I was able to see things different mentally. I don't know that you coaching golfers would give you that same deal, but it might. And I don't know that. But uh, I would just say whatever you're doing, go into it. I don't see the scenario where that works in my opinion, it just, I don't, and you, you probably know better than I would. If you see, I just don't think that you're going to be able to coach at the type of school that you're talking about and still be able to do everything you're doing right now and feel like you're putting your whole, Well, that's what I was saying. The first year for sure. Not maybe not even the second year. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen those coaches. I mean, I know with Turnbow at, at middle Tennessee, that's not even the level that we're talking about with you. And 
he dedicates his life, soul, everything he can to find the kids, to help them. They're constantly negotiating new contracts for their gear and all. I just know there's a lot of stuff that goes in there. And you've been right. at Georgia, you've been right. at a different place. Right. You know that those guys don't have side gig. I mean, I'm right. just saying. No, and right. and right. the side gig you're talking about is one of the most difficult things in the world to do. <laughs> right. So it's right. kind of like, I'm just sitting here like, man, yeah, I, it's, a tough it's decision. not like you're getting a paper route on the side. It's like, right. Right. hey, you're going to go try and do this 0.00001% thing, but you're also going to be making good money. Coat, You know what I mean? It's like, I don't I don't know. What, what Do you think that you see yourself doing both or what? Doing both would be impossible, I think. Right. But... As a player, I'm just like thinking of a scenario right now, like like my guy's got a one-shot lead, you know, going to 18, and there's no part of me that wouldn't rather be hitting that shot. For sure. Going down the, going on the tee. Well, there's your answer. Then, Frustrating then as hell, my dude. boy, hey, aim, aim up the right and turn it over in there. Like I would I would always, just, just so you guys, I would always rather have the ball in my hand. For sure. Well, then there's your answer. That's what I was going to get to. That's what I was going to get to, too, is like, if if you like Logan made a huge point is obviously like it's different having your, your your PGA card and you know having all these things and and doing stuff that you've already you know and you're, essentially is your dream you know like if you do that then you're not going to have any regrets right but if you go into coaching <clears throat> excuse me if you go into coaching and then you don't end up getting that card you don't end up having the success and doing the things that you wanted to do are you going to regret that I know I know me personally if I was like you know what like I have this opportunity to go to Japan or I have this opportunity to go to the MLB and I've been grinding for it and I feel like it's right there. And then I'm like, you know what? This other opportunity came up to go do this and I went and did that. I know I would look back on it, you know, and be like, man, like, it, should I have, you know, I, I'd question my, 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 myself, you know? So I feel like you have to get as much out of the game as a player as you're wanting to get. Obviously, make if you could ask yourself, is this as far? Is this the things that I wanted to do, <clears throat> and as far as I wanted to get, you know, or do I believe I can come back to it like like Logan was saying and 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 pick it back up? And that's what it comes down to. I mean, you guys all know this. As a professional athlete, in order to be successful, you have to be extremely selfish, and there's a you have a very small window in your lifetime to be that selfish. And that was one of the things that I went through, and it still hurts sometimes that when I think about it. Uh, for example, when after I took the job as the athletic director and I retired from track and field to take that job, that next summer during the Olympic trials in 2012, Callie and I were in Italy on a vacation because I didn't want to be in the U.S. <laughs> during that time. You know, so I mean, it, it's, it, it still burns sometimes that I didn't give myself that opportunity. But, and this is a big one, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't have told you this 10 years ago. But I can tell you now, 10 years later, that I would not trade my life that I have right now because we wouldn't be having this conversation. You don't know where the dominoes are going to go. You don't know what cards are going to be dealt because of that one decision. It's a ripple effect. And not to put that heavy of a burden on you right now, but you know, you don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now. And you know, it's going to come down to what's in your heart right now. At that time, at that moment in my life, I had Callie, I was about to get married. I had a huge job offered to me and I went that route. Yeah. Now, could it would Callie have supported me if I would have made the other decision? 100% Who knows? she would have. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going a different way with that. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> she's probably laughing her butt off right now. But no, I mean, whole, like wholeheartedly, she would have been like, go for it, no problem. Yeah. Um, but again, you just don't know. And I think you've already answered the question for yourself, honestly. Well, yeah. So like you're saying, I mean, obviously you can, I can coach and then maybe go back and try to play again because I'm, I'm still so young, but it's like, I'm 28. At this point, I don't have a wife or kids. So right. it's a lot easier for me to gamble on my own life for without sure. having to provide. That was my yep. point. So, right. I mean, if, if, if I was 33, 34 and I had a wife and kids, maybe I would no doubt take this. But I mean, time this back yep. into COVID. Um, if COVID wasn't a thing right now, I would have for sure said no already. Yeah, well, there you, know, you go. So I think, I think this could be, you know, God's way of dangling a really good opportunity in front of your dream just to test you if you're worthy. No, no. You really want worthy, this? Yeah. You know, worthy Ooh, enough to chase it. Point. That's yeah. a good point. Now, now I'm kind of looking at it like yeah. that. Like, yeah. like, how bad do you want it? Yeah. Right? I, I also hear... That, that's in your building. How, it, how bad do you want it? Yeah. Right? So it's like, do you, do you want it in more than a comfortable life right now? Mm-hmm. Right. Or do you want to be remembered? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, right? I mean, I mean pe- people probably go through the same thing in in different careers right now. Right. No, of course they do. And that's that's what I was getting to is it's it's about knowing yourself. And if you know yourself well enough, which you obviously do, and I think all of us in this room do, or we wouldn't be at the level that we're at, you know, I, I think it, it the one advice that I can pass on to people is you've got to get down to the the nuts and bolts of who you are as a person, what motivates you, what what keeps you going daily and you mean most people, I would say 99.8% of people, there's a very small variable there, would jump at the coaching opportunity that you have. But but it goes back to what Logan said earlier. It's a point zero 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 whatever percent of people that have the opportunity that you have professionally in the sport that you're trying to accomplish. And it just comes down to knowing yourself. And either way, it's a good decision. I personally believe that either way you go, you're going to be successful you're going to make a very good decision going either way and you're going to win multiple contest tournaments, championships in either direction. It just depends on where you want to be as a human right now. And it sounds like you already know. Yeah. That's me. What, what, one thing that I always like to say is if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Because at the right. end of the day, you might think you're headed for one direction. And what's funny is when you got back from Arizona last week, if I would have said, man, what if somebody came and offered you a coaching job? You'd be like, bro, I just went and beat these pros. Like, come right. on. Like, what are you right. talking about? But True. it's different. On a hurt foot. It's different when that thing is in your inbox. It's different mm-hmm. when you look at your phone. You know, I told you there was a school last year, um, and you guys know this, but we got done playing Winnipeg. I was backup quarterback holding field goals. I got to my phone and it was a job that I had interviewed for prior and, and they offered me the job and it was a conversation with myself, my wife. And it was, um, it it was going to be like not exaggerating four times the pay of what I was currently doing. And it came down to what is your dream? I mean, yes, that, that is my dream, but I'm living my other dream right now. Like it's hard to just say, you know, it's enough. And, you know, we, we have our view of when we want to start our family and things like that. And at that point in time, it was, Hey, I want to keep playing. And then two weeks later, the starter gets hurt and you start starting games and all of a sudden you're throwing touchdowns and I would never have given that up for anything, but you don't know. I could have sat on, you know, been a backup all year long. You just don't know. And so, uh, I think that, uh, I think that it's always great to have those type of conversations and these things come up in your life. But, um, but I think that ultimately that's, that's your decision, man. Yeah. Agreed. But I, again, I think that either decision you make is going to be a great one. Oh yeah. But it's again, I, I just through the last 
25 minutes, it's, it sounds like you already know. Yeah, so his uh, his main pitch to me is that he wants me on his side because he knows that I'm about as tough as it gets, golfer-wise. So if I take that job, am I really tough in out my own career right now? Or am I, am I kind of... Am I kind of giving that up and kind of being weak about it? When I mean, the real the real sign of toughness would be just to grind it out no matter what's going on and just have that self belief in yourself that it could take a year, two, or three, you're going to get to where you want to be. Well, two I got two answers to that. One would be totally, absolutely, and if you grind through this and you go for it and you do what we all think you can do, then another school, multiple schools are going to come after you for the exact same thing. The other side of it, the other side of the coin here is it's also really tough to stop that momentum and go help somebody. So either way, it, it, you're tough either way. You're you're a, a warrior either way. Um, but I agree, and I think we would all agree on the first point that I made that regardless, if you go out and, and you do you for the next five, 10 years, who knows how long, who knows, then there's going to be a multitude of schools that are going to want you period, end of story. If they know that you're interested in coaching, then you have no issues. You're going to have, your inbox is going to be full of opportunity. So either way, I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think it's, you're a warrior either way, man. Like if you, if you stop your career to go help a bunch of kids start their career, that's tough, man. That is a tough, tough thing to do. And I, I don't think any of us would discredit you for doing it, but I also think that we all sitting here would say, go play. Yeah. So we got about five minutes, five, six minutes left for some closing remarks. Um, you know, moving forward, you know, I think it's really important to, to continue to talk about opportunity and, and with the pandemic that we're facing and, and not to beat a dead horse here, but I think it's important because too many times we can get caught up in our own stuff and, and, you know, it's easy to give up in a situation that we're facing right now. And just like what you and Justin are, you finally got the go-card. Well, I was going to touch on that too. Like yeah. we also, where we got the go-card and obviously MLB gets a go-card, <clears throat> something that just came up, came out is that there's been over a thousand minor leaguers that have been released. Mm. Minor league season's not happening. You know, teams have investments at these other states and other, these other fields and those fields are shutting down because people can't put fans in the stands and mm. those owners of those fields can't do their thing. So where we have our opportunity to do something, I feel like it was, and I, I wanted to say it earlier, but we got into some good stuff. Um, I feel it's important to recognize the fact that some guys are losing jobs, you know, and, and they're losing that opportunity to chase their dream essentially for right. this whole year and nothing's promised for tomorrow for those guys either, you know? Right. So that was something I wanted to bring up that it came out and there was numbers over a thousand minor leaguers. Gosh. And that, I mean, it's relative to the, the employment rates in America right now too. And, yeah. you know, and it's hard. I mean, you get released, you get cut, you get fired, you, you know, whatever it might be, the business shuts down. And ultimately it, again, it comes down to opportunity, positive or negative. And what are you going to do in that time that when things all seem just no go, there's no opportunity, things are just not going my way. I think it, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier that you've got to find a way to look at it from a different perspective, that you're not the only one going through that scenario. So it is what it is at this point. It's control what you can control. 
and put things into perspective and you still have to work, train, read, educate yourself as if you still had the job, as if you had 20 companies, 20 teams trying to hire you. Regardless, I mean, it just has to be that has to be that way. And it's not an innate thing for everybody, but having examples of people doing it is a big deal. Um, you know, getting to where all of you guys have gotten in your career, like it or not, and there's been the conversation of this throughout time with sports, you are a role model, you are an example, regardless if you want to be one or not. Um, doesn't mean you have to be out on social media doing all these crazy things, but regardless, you are an example. And the positive light that comes from that needs to be shared. Much of the reason why we're doing this podcast is that we do have a message. We do have something to say. We do have a way to inspire people. And maybe Manav, this is, this is your coaching tree right now while you're still playing. And then later on, you can deal with that later, you know, but I think it's important to understand that like Art was saying that a lot of people are losing their jobs or losing their opportunities to go after their dreams. And three days ago, you didn't know if you were going to have an opportunity to, you know, you just didn't know. (laughs) Facts. But did that stop you? No. You know, so same with you guys right now, you don't know. Is that stopping you? No. So that's what it's going to come down to is that I don't know when my business is going to open. Can I continue to afford to keep this thing going? I don't know, but all I can do is what I can do period. You know, and as long as I can have a clear conscience of the work that I'm doing, the work that I'm putting in to set myself up, set my family up, set everyone up to be successful. I mean, that's all you can really do. And you know, if you can take yourself outside of the negative space of worrying and being fearful of what's going to come, success will happen. It really will. Anybody else want to, we got about two minutes left. Anybody want to go for there? (laughs) (laughs) Or did we just shut it down right there? I think we dropped the mic after that. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Dropped the mic right there. Yeah, I think it's important to um, introduce some sort of, uh, you know, obviously this is our first week doing it in here, but it would be nice to, uh, you know, definitely get some questions and some, some things Absolutely. going. So, no um, doubt. if you want to make sure that, uh, you know, hit up a three on Instagram and, uh, send in the questions if that's the easiest way to get them. But, um, you know, it's, it's nice for, you know, for us to talk through things that are going on in our lives, but I know that there's people out there that are going through the same thing. It doesn't have to just be athletes, but, yeah, um, there's absolutely. a lot of young athletes that are, you know, I know community college sports are up in the air. California sports in general are up in the air. So uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah. A3 Bakersfield on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we also have our email address info, I-N-F-O at A3Bakersfield.com if you want to shoot a question for us. And hopefully when this COVID thing is over, we can start doing this live. We can do some Instagram live, IGTV, all that. So people can ask questions while we're doing it. And uh, we'll go from there. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. We love doing this. Uh, we love talking through it. It's, it's therapy for us, I think, you know, that <laughs> yeah. we can all get together and, and talk through everything that's going on for us. And, uh, man, I appreciate you guys a lot. Uh, been very blessed to have you guys around, have the opportunity to work with you, uh, coach you, train you. has been great. But the, the friendship that has come from it is even bigger. And I uh, really appreciate you guys, man. Yes, sir. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate you as well. Yep. Academy out.